Welcome back to the Encounter Mercy podcast. I'm Father Andy Boyd here with you again this week, and we are coming up on our last few days before the Christmas season. Uh, If you hear some jingling in the background, that's only Henry. He's deciding to play with his tennis ball right now, so uh, he's going to be a little bit of a guest too, hopefully not too noisily. But more importantly, our most important co-host tonight is going to be A.J. Gedney, Father A.J. Gedney. It's good to have you back, Father, uh, back on the podcast. I know we've all been a little bit of a hiatus, but um, some great things have happened for you since the last time we had a chance to check in with you. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, nothing has changed since the last time I was on the podcast. Uh, no, but I think in reality, everything's changed. Um, so yeah. yeah. Graduated from St. Vincent uh, this past May, uh, the next month in June. Um, I was ordained a priest for uh, my diocese, which is the Diocese of Covington, Kentucky. And then a month after that, um, got my first assignment. So I am parochial vicar at Holy Cross um, in Latonia, Kentucky. And I'm also a chaplain at one of our high schools, and that is a Newport Central Catholic High School in Newport, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm sure that has a lot of crazy ups and downs with it. I mean, I can only imagine being a parochial vicar and a chaplain at a high school. That's a lot of work. But at the same time, I'm sure you enjoy all the different aspects of it. Um, what would you say is the most enjoyable part of your day? I think definitely um, praying in the church before Mass and then celebrating Mass. Um, of course, you yeah. know, there's days when you have late nights, uh, you know, for me, it could have been like a football game, uh, you know, when that was in seasons from my high school, or maybe a late sick call. But it's nice when I can get up early, um, pray in the church when no one's in there. And it's really cool, because I'll pray for those, I'll sit in the pews and pray for those people. And then it's really good um, time to do like Lexio and do homily prep. Um, so it's it just it makes it it's different. Now that I'm a priest, because before I do, I do holy hours, you know, pray for a handful of people, you know, kind of think about focusing on myself. But now as a priest, you live for the people you minister to. And so I find myself praying for them a lot and, you know, asking God, like, okay, you know, what should I do to be a better priest? Or like, what what should I preach to them? Um, So uh, that's been pretty fruitful. I really enjoy doing that. That's awesome. What would you say about with your time with the high school? What might be your favorite thing there working with the high school kids? Uh, Definitely the sports. Um, So, you know, you and I were were sports chaplains at St. Vincent. It's like that, except I'm chaplain for every sport. Now, exactly. now I don't go to I don't go to everything, but one of the coolest things sure. was um, going to high school football games because the high school I went to I went to a Catholic high school here um, in Northern Kentucky, no football team, so total total stranger to right. the Friday Night Lights. Um, so that was definitely an awesome part. Um, and like St. Vincent baseball, you know, we'd sit in a dugout. I was on the sidelines with the team, um, so I did that. You know, soccer season's over. Um, basketball is in full swing right now, so I've been going to basketball games. Sure. Um, so sports chaplaincy is definitely uh, a great part of it because, I mean, I think three quarters of the high school, they're involved in the sport, if not multiple. Um, so very athletics driven high school. But it's great because I get to sit in the sidelines and, and, and yell and scream and stuff um, like I'm prone to do. Um, that's pretty fruitful. Sure. And then uh, I think now that I've gotten to know the students, and they've gotten to know me. Um, it's great because I'll walk in a classroom and like they're happy to see me. Um, or, or whenever yeah. it's like, oh, you know, hey, thanks for going to come to class today, or you know, the last questions, like thanks for answering my question, or hey, thanks for coming to the game. Um, that's that's pretty meaningful. Um, our our football team was in the state semifinals, so like the final four. So uh, I traveled with our principal and athletic director um, three and a half hours to Pikeville, Kentucky. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, and so they they got blown out by the the reigning champions from last year, but you know it was really neat to be that far away from home and see the students and the team, and they're like really appreciative that I came down. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of getting that, um, that spiritual fatherhood 
right? It's like, you know, Absolutely. when they're sad, I'm sad. You know, I want to care for them. When they're happy, I'm happy. And what they care about, I care about. Um, so yeah, it's been, that's yeah. been really cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. I love putting you on the spot, you know, because I, I remember when I first got ordained and, and so uh, just trying to think back to those things that uh, were so enjoyable for me. And so like put, now that you've been a priest for a few months, it's good to put you on the spot and make you think a little bit more about uh, what's going on there. So uh, thank you for answering those questions, even off the top of your head without any sort of preparation, because I'm good about that. Um, but it's good to have you here today. I thought we'd give a little bit of a talk today uh, for anybody that's listening about what we can do in these last few days. Like I mentioned in the intro, uh, you know, when we are listening to this, it's the 21st of December. And so we really only have just a few days until Christmas. And, um, you know, but there's still so much opportunity available to us. There's so many chances for us to be open to God's grace, even in these last few hours of Advent season of that preparation. Um, so I just thought we'd give a little chat about that tonight and, and see what we were thinking with that. What do you think about that? What, what would you say? Let's say, you know, I'm one of your parishioners or yeah, I'm one of your high school kids, even better. I'm one of your high school kids. And I say, well, father, it's a, it's essentially Christmas already. I mean, can it be Christmas today? You know, for instance, uh, we just heard, uh, in this past few days in the gospels, the infancy narratives. And we heard about it this past Sunday uh, at, on the fourth Sunday of Advent. We heard about some infancy narratives and, and the, the conception. So well, it's just Christmas already, right? It's, that is funny. Um, parishioners, I guess now that we're getting close after a mass or after last Sunday, they'll say, you know, Merry Christmas. And I, and I want to think like, it's not Christmas yet. Like, like to, I think like today and yesterday, um, people are putting up trees in the church just because it, it takes time. But no, like my pastor, my pastor exactly. was like adamant. He's like, no, we're waiting. You know, we're not going to put it up as soon as the Advent starts. So I think at least for me, being my first Advent as a priest, I've really been tuned into that, that this is a time of waiting. Um, and even in doing research for homilies, like Advent is also a penitential season like Lent is. So one of the reasons right. we both wear, you know, the violet. So, you know, there's always right. a fast before the feast. Like for we have Lent, it's kind of more, it's more in the the DNA of Lent as far as the fasting and almsgiving. Get ready for Easter, the feast. Well, same thing for Advent. Um, so I think what I've been uh, telling people is, uh, you know, try to grow in patience uh, in, in waiting. Yeah. Um, and like, and like not putting the cart before the horse, not putting the feast before the fast. Because I think it's interesting that absolutely, you know, I know there's some there's a Christian radio station uh, locally that started playing Christmas music after Halloween. And it's like, it's funny. How, yeah. And like, you know, you go to Home Depot or Walmart and they got trees up. I think it's so funny that the church is the opposite of the world. The world is like, it's Christmas. And then on the 26th, done. Whereas like, no, we're done. We exactly. Octave, right. Like it's, 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 you know, it's Christmas season until, you know, the epiphany or, or, you know, or the baptism of the Lord, you know, whatever calendar you ascribe to. Um, so I, I, I think it's funny. So I've been kind of leaning into that, the patience, um, and penitence. Yes. So, you know, avail yourself to the sacraments, you know, go to confession if it's been a while. Um, yeah. And kind of think about uh, what Mary and Joseph are going through right now. Like if you want to live it in real time, like they're probably traveling to Bethlehem. Like they have no idea what awaits them when they right. get there. Um, so those are the kind of things right. I've been thinking about in these last couple of days. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. You know, I, I mentioned this to some of my parishioners and um, I'll, uh, I think you'll understand why I use this idea because, you know, of course, you know, mom is a midwife and she delivers babies for a living. So uh, I talk with my mother a lot about this and we were talking about and 
uh, likening Advent, granted it's only four weeks, but likening Advent to the entire pregnancy of Mary, Mm. because, you know, you have that great joy coming at the end of pregnancy, but you have to go through those nine long months of, you know, uh, morning sickness, of um, pain, of weight gain, of feet hurting, of all these different things, all these painful things that you have to go through. But at the end, you know there's this great joy that's coming. At the end, you know that your your baby is going to be with you and, and how joyous that opportunity is and that celebration is. Well, you know, Advent can be a lot like pregnancy in the fact that there's some suffering, you know, there's a little bit of suffering. There's a little bit of chaos. The world is in chaos. And of course, you know, this is the busiest time of the year. Uh, everybody's trying to get together between in the United States, at least between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So there's just too short amount of time to try to get everybody taken care of. And so we, uh, are rushing, rushing, rushing. And then finally the day's here. And like you said, it's all gone the next day. When in reality, like you said, it it's just starting for us. It's just starting. And I think that's why it's a good thing we're talking just a little bit about this last few days of Advent because of the fact that, you know what, even though the world wants to celebrate Christmas, we're still waiting so that when he comes, there is the great joy, right? There is still that great joy of uh, the Christmas season, but also the longing and anticipation of when he comes again in his glory. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you, you kind of mentioned the world and suffering is one a revelation I had a couple of years ago is that Advent was also a preparation for Christ's second coming. So I was, I kind of laid, I laid yes. heavy into that in my first couple of homilies in Advent um, to be like, Hey, you know, think about baby infant Jesus, sweet, sweet baby Jesus. Um, but also think about when he yes. comes again. You know, he's coming in. He comes in humility, in time. Then he'll come in majesty and glory in his next coming. Um, right. So then I think about how uh, even at the end of ordinary time, we have all this apocalyptic stuff, right? From Daniel and Revelation, you can sing the Dies Irae at uh, Liturgy of the Hours, and then all of a sudden, like the first Sunday of Advent is also like second coming. Um, so that homily yes. was like, we don't get a break. But the point is, um, I, I think this life can be marked by suffering, and then. You know our fast, so to say, but then our, the next life we enjoy that'll be the feast. So I, th- um, you yeah. know, and so I think that's why the church has these seasons. You know, um, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes. Is we we have to, we have to suffer, we have to fast in order to feast, um, in order to enjoy that. So I think um, absolutely another thing too is always have that in mind, and the church always has that in mind. Is um, this life will be marked by you know profound suffering? Um, maybe this time of year is. I think especially. Um, if money is tight or if you don't have adequate housing, or I think about those who have lost loved ones, like the holidays are always hard. Um, but every suffering we have on earth will redeem. We'll, we'll see the fruit of it. If not on, not on, yes. if not in this world and definitely in the next. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. We want to, uh, you know, try to rationalize away our sufferings and try to try to get rid of them here. But in reality, you know, sometimes there is no answer to it other than the fact that, in eternity, there will be no suffering. In eternity, there will be no pain. In eternity, there will be just ceaseless joy. And and that's what we have to hold on to now. You know, I was thinking about uh, when you were talking about how the church is always preparing us. Uh, I remember in the past talking about in a homily that 
you know, season of Advent is a season of preparation. It's a season of preparation. Well, what's it preparing us for? Well, Christmas. Well, but then Christmas is a season of preparation. Well, what's that preparing us for? Well, that's preparing us for Lent. Well, then what? But Lent is a season of preparation. What's that preparing us for? Well, the season of Easter. But then what is Easter preparing us for? Pentecost. And what's, what's Pentecost preparing us for? The rest of our lives, right? It, it's just every season in the church is just another season of preparation. Yes, at the end of one season, you get some sort of payoff, some sort of great joy. But in the in-between, you still have this preparation and this uh, slight suffering. And so um, it's just a constant preparation for the great joy of his coming again in glory. And so, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful time to recognize that, you know, we're going to prepare for Christmas and Christmas day is going to come and it's going to go and we're going to keep going forward. Right. And that, that if it's not perfect, it's okay. Because what makes it perfect is that we spend the time with God. We spend the time with Jesus Christ. We spend the time with the Holy spirit to uh, really impact us and bring us closer to his will for our life. And so even in this preparation, in this time, these last few minutes of preparation, when, you know, maybe we're, we're going crazy here at the last second. Ah, I didn't finish decorating. Cause you know, I was thinking about it. I still have a few things I want to put up for Christmas decorations. Still haven't put the de office decorations up, you know, and, and the office closes tomorrow for Christmas, but Hey, it's still going to happen. I'm still going to get them up. Why? Because Christmas goes for that extra length of time. And Christmas day, of course, goes for that whole eight days. So it's worth it, you know? And, and if you're listening, I, I really want to encourage you, uh, you know, don't take your Christmas tree down on December 26th. <laughs> I get it if, you know, you have to, but let it stay up. Let it stay up. Um, if you can let it stay up for a little bit longer, at least a week, you know, we celebrate this special solemnity uh, for not just one day, but for eight days. And it's just so beautiful that our church gives us that. I would say if you want to be really uh, dedicated to the Christmas season, you can just leave your Christmas lights up all year round. It's always Christmas. well, yeah. There is that. <laughs> there is that. There is that potential. But then you know, I, I would sure say that's, that that's, sure that's not why people so do good. That. At least, yeah, exactly. That's right. They 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 want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I would say at least by a minimum, please take it down by February second. Right. You know, of course, Candlemas when we celebrate Candlemas. I'm going to try to see if I can keep my poinsettias alive in church mm. through February second. There's no guarantee. I'm I'm not a green thumb. My mom is, but I I'm not a green <laughs> thumb. So we'll see what we can do. But. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just so important that in these last few moments of preparation, you know, don't lose sight of what is coming. Don't lose sight of the joy that's coming. And when, if, and when the preparations end up failing or it just doesn't get done, that's okay. You know, that, that is okay. And just to sit with the Lord in that and allow him still to have a space in your life with these situations. Yeah. I think, um, with just, when you said, get ready. Um, I, I had mass this morning and the, um, there's a small elementary school, Catholic elementary school across the street and they came over for mass twice a week. The whole school does. Um, and guess what the exiting song today was stay awake, be ready. Um, which I, which I, I hate which that I, song. which I loathe with the intensity of a thousand suns. Um, yes. but yes. I smile and walk down the aisle anyways. Uh, um, but, um, yes. I think about like all these school kids and there's a high school across the street as well. Um, in getting ready is like they're getting ready for exams right now um, or they're taking exams. And you know, what's that worst feeling in the world? Like, Oh, I'm not prepared enough. I'm not ready. So you, you touched on that is, is hard as you try maybe to get your heart ready for, you know, 
receiving Christ spiritually as an infant, if you're getting your house ready for somebody, or if you're trying to get your gifts ready, you're trying to get ready for exams. Um, I'm sure we all have experienced that where it's like, I'm not ready. Or, or you know, for any, yeah. for, any, uh, for any priest, you know, to enter seminary, I'm not ready. Or to be ordained, I'm not ready. But the point is, we're never going to be like totally ready. And if I want to bring, again, I just love talking about the end of the world, uh, but kind of bringing in that second coming aspect of Advent is yes. we, want, we want to be as ready as we possibly can, right? So, uh, so I mean, so literally stay awake, be ready. You do not know the hour. Um, so yes. for your, th- even when you're talking about the other seasons of the church year, it's like, well, we're always preparing. Like, yes. well, yeah, that's what this life is for. That's um, the point. Yeah, like that's we don't know when we're going to meet God, you know, in our deaths or if, you know, the, the he decides to come again. We don't know when that's going to happen. So the point is like, right. kind of always have your, um, again, your spiritual bags packed, have everything cleaned up and ready to, just like you would have your house ready for a guest. Like, hey, when are the in-laws coming? Right. Oh, I don't know. Like, well, let's just be ready. I don't know. Instead of like, they pull in the driveway and your mom's like, it has to look like no one lives in this house. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's you know, right. Done that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Too many times. Well, I was just thinking about that, you know, being that you and I both went to a Benedictine seminary, we have that uh, at least a little bit better understanding of keeping death always before our eyes. As St. Benedict reminds us, uh, you know, our Holy Father Benedict reminds us to always keep death before our eyes. Every day a monk should think about their death and not in a way of, I mean, that could be really morbid, but not in a way of that depressing, but the fact that the release, the release that that brings us and the joy that is waiting for us. And so, and like you said, you don't know the day nor the hour. And so being ready at all times is going to be key. That's funny. So that, that is so that's true. funny you bring that up because um, one of my first weekends here um, on my this assignment, uh, I preached about that death aspect um, and used the word morbid. Yes. That's the same word uh, Father Ed, the rector of the seminary up there said is, um, I had I took a tour, uh, you know, early February of the year I entered seminary, and he went to the, the, the edge of a building, saw a big window, and of course there's all those black iron crosses um, at the top of the cemetery. And he's like, "Yeah, these are they, these are at the front of the cemetery for a reason, right? These are where the monks and uh, the monks and priests are, or brothers and priests are buried uh, from the monastery." And he said, "You know, you know, that's why we wear a black habit, um, you know." But he said it's not morbid, right? It's not a um, it shouldn't lead us to an eat drink for tomorrow we die kind of mentality, right? Because there's that there's that right. kind of morbid mortality, um, escapism, if you will. But no, ours yes. is no um, death will the key death before your eyes. Like you said, knowing it's like we're getting ready for something. There's a release. There's a better life. Yeah. There's a more real reality next, um, which I think is important to think about. Because you could say think about death all the time, and it could drive you into um, hedonism, right? It's like, oh, like, this, this is it. Like, well, no, it should drive you to, you know, be ready um, to, you know, keep your keep your spiritual house, keep your soul clean, right? Keep your life clean, keep your thoughts clean, yes, so that you're ready to go. Um, you know, keep your bags packed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, underlying all of that then is um, this this uh, cry of the church, this deep cry of the church begging the Lord to come, right? It's that, it's that deep cry of, Lord, we need you, you know, we, and, and not just the contemporary Christian song, uh, you know, Lord, we need you, uh, but it's the, the perennial call of the church crying out to Christ, come, come and save us. And, um, you know, as we are in the late stages of Advent, late Advent, we have these these days set aside for us by the church with the um, O antiphons. 
and the O antiphons uh, have been around since at least the 8th century. And they are the antiphons that accompany the Magnificat Canticle of Evening Prayer from December 17th to the 23rd. And also it's uh, the the uh, uh, Alleluia verse at the daily masses for the 17th through the 23rd with the fourth Sunday being excluded whenever that falls in. Like, for instance, this past Sunday uh, being the 18th, we didn't do the O Antiphon for during the Alleluia. But these O Antiphons are a magnificent theology that uses ancient biblical imagery drawn from the messianic hopes of the Old Testament to proclaim the coming of Christ. So what it's doing is it's connecting the Old Testament to the New Testament in the fact that for centuries, the Jewish people were waiting for the Christ, the Messiah. And so throughout all of the Old Testament, they were uh, crying out to God for their Savior. Right. And God always says, I will send you my king. I will send you my son. I will send you your salvation. He always is telling the people that. In fact, just this past Sunday, uh, he says to King Isaiah or Isaiah, uh, uh, Azariah. Oh, I can't think of his that name. Sounds now. Right. Remember, if, yeah, if you, crud. If you're, if you're I just confident. I'll believe you. There you go. But if you go back and read the first reading, um, and then the prophet Isaiah says, I'm going to give you the uh, the sign anyway, and this is going to be the sign, that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be named Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And you know, from, the, from all of creation history, God was preparing his people, preparing his people. And so now, now that his son has come, as a baby, he no longer will come that way. He will come back as the king. And so we have this perennial imperative use of come, which embodies the longing of all for the divine Messiah. And so we have these O antiphons, which, like I said, is just a beautiful theology. And from December 17th, we have O wisdom of our God most high. So, of course, wisdom we know is God. We use that term to speak of God, that there is the wisdom of God. Oh, wisdom of God most high, guiding creation with power and love, come to teach us the path of knowledge. Okay, so we're begging God for his knowledge and to guide us, you know, constantly guiding us. The 18th, O leader of the house of Israel. O leader of the house of Israel. It's not just, um, you know, a nation, it's a group of people, it's specific people. And the beauty is that you and I, as Christians, have been grafted onto that tree. You and I, through the death of Christ on the cross, have been grafted onto that tree. Giver of the law to Moses on Sinai, come to rescue us with your mighty power. December 19th, O root of Jesse's stem, sign of God's love for all his people, come to save us without delay. The root of Jesse, the tree of Jesse, and how important that that tree is. Um, I mean, the, these O antiphons just constantly give us this great joy. Finally, on December 23rd, O Emmanuel, our, our King and Giver of Law, come to save us, Lord our God. Just so simple, so short, but so poignant. Come to save us, come to save us. Um, you know, and that, that is truly what we pray for in these last few moments of our Advent season is this cry to God to come, to come and be with us, to come and stay by us. 
and and uh, just the shortest prayer, but an important one. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned that these are all Old Testament uh, symbols, right, of the Messiah, um, I, I think yeah. about, first of all, how, how tied together the Old New Testament are, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, you never realize that. Um, there's a reason why, you know, the first reading at a mass is going to refer to the gospel. So, you know, I think, was it yesterday we had the Annunciation of John the Baptist? First reading was right. the Annunciation of Samson, right? A woman who is barren, who prays to God for a child, gets a child. Um, as I think about waiting and preparing is a very Jewish thing. So think about when they yes. were in, and it's, it's always a freedom from being enslaved. So for us, you know, yes. Christians, you know, living after the New Testament, um, it's like a slavery to sin, right? But it was uh, symbolized by physical slavery and chains. So the Jewish people are in Egypt and they're delivered by, by Moses. And they're in the promised land for 40 years. They're waiting. Then they get to go to the Holy Land, um, which is always a reference to heaven for us. Or I think about the, right. um, the Babylonian exile, right? Where Babylon overtakes Israel, they get pulled in, um, and then they're delivered by even an unseeming king, right? Uh, king Cyrus of the Persian Empire. So a non-Jewish person, but who is yet called a savior. Um, so throughout the Old Testament, um, over and over again, almost uh, the Jewish people are, are uh, captured, right? So that they experience a lack of freedom, and then they're delivered from that. Uh, so, so that's why, you know, I think, especially for priests, we're kind of hit over the head with the book of uh, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, because it's in uh, the first reading at masses, and then we get in the office of readings. Um, but a, a beautiful book um, compiled by three different prophets um, in three different eras of Jewish history. But um, I think with a lot of the prophetic literature, it's speaking about the exile or they're in exile. So it's always, you know, deliver us or to your point, you know, come Lord Jesus, they're saying come Messiah. And even as far as in Christ's time, the Israelites were, uh, their land was occupied by the Roman Empire. So they were, they're waiting for a Messiah who'd be this like Davidic, powerful military leader who would like squash the Romans and set right. them free. So uh, I think right. waiting um, and being patient in the midst of suffering, that's, I think, a very uh, ancient Jewish concept. Right. So if you find that in these next few days that you're impatient, well, take a moment to step away and, and, gain some patience back because, uh, as we know, the Jewish people had been waiting for centuries for their Messiah, and it took them centuries to realize the Messiah. And so if you're, if you're finding that you're just, you're being impatient right now, take a step back, take a step back and just rest with the Lord. Uh, he's calling you to a time of penance in a different way. And this time of penance in a different way can easily be a time of learning patience and recognizing that it doesn't end. You know, with Sunday, the 25th of 2022, Christmas doesn't end there. That it's not just the fact that the celebration of the birthday has come to an end and we now celebrate uh, the exact same celebration for eight days, but also the fact that we have to live that atmosphere of longing, of begging, of trust in the Lord for the rest of our lives. That's, that is the constant, the preparing ourselves and our hearts and our souls for the Lord so that when he comes again in glory, we are ready. And that is the goal of Advent, and that should be the constant goal of Christmas. So, uh, so Andy, have you started thinking about your uh, Christmas homilies yet? Yes. Uh, you know, since I'm now a pastor. Oh, gosh, yeah. Since I'm now a pastor, I have all four masses on wow. Christmas. And, of course, we're using all four readings, which means four different homilies. But, mm. you know, I like to, uh, I'll give you a little 
sneak preview because uh, I think that's what we're going to be talking about in our Christmas episode. Just be ready for next Wednesday uh, when we release our Christmas episode. But, um, you know, we here at the uh, first mass on Christmas Eve, we hear from the Gospel of Matthew and we hear all those funny names of all those people because we hear from the genealogy. And, you know, what is the point of reading the genealogy? It shows that lineage. But I also like to think about it this way. You know, in my family, there have been different traditions that we do throughout the years at Christmas time. And listening to the genealogy can kind of be a way for the Jewish people and for us even to listen to this and hear about the traditions of our forefathers. Oh, you know, your uncle so-and-so, he used to do this and we used to laugh and all those things. Well, same idea with going through, well, my father was so-and-so and his father was so-and-so and going all the way back, being able to talk about our traditions and traditions aren't a bad thing. Traditions are a good thing, but we also have to remember that it's not the tradition that is important. It's the love there, right? It's the constant love. So I'll probably try to connect the uh, first mass to that. Hmm. So Good. that'll be my idea. I think I have uh, two of our four masses. Um, and of course, you know, like we're talking homiletics, like what's your audience? Um, I mean, my my the, my pastor has the early evening mass. That's all the kids and families. Um, sure. I think yeah. I'm going to give, so I have 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And then uh, we have one mass on Christmas day, 9 a.m. I have that. Um so I think I'm just going to stick with, I'm going to try to do one homily, but make sure it's like polished. So I, I started, yeah. I don't know, that's a, as a new priest, everything is new and scary and it takes me longer. Um, so sure. it's like when I first got here, it's like, I get to church like half an hour before a mass, like I need to get everything ready. But now it's like, I can push it closer to when mass starts. Um, but I think yeah. I, I read a quote somewhere, maybe it was like um, uh, Fulton Sheen who said like, it's not that people are afraid that Jesus is far from them. It's that he's too close right? Like yeah. it's too close for comfort. People don't want to be loved that much because if you yeah. accept that love, it warrants an action, right? And that's going to mean like being a part of his church. So I think I might, I might bring that in um, and, and talk about like the, uh, the, the mingling prayer when you pour the uh, water in the wine, like yes. that, you know, Christ became man so that we can become like God. So I might talk about, um, yes. what's that? The, the, the divine exchange. So I don't know. Yes. I, might, I might, I might do that. It's like, it's not that Jesus is far away from us. It's that he's too close and like, and he became man to experience all this just like we do. So um, I've been doing some reading, which that's not uncharacteristic, but um, yeah, I was going to say you reading. Lots, no, lots never. Of, uh, lots of reading. I have a couple of good books um, on the life of Christ. So doing that. And then again, as my previous bishop always said, never preach without praying first. So even like, yes. even for Sunday homilies, if I don't get to like look at a commentary, like I at least, I mean, cause sometimes, you know, um, spoiler alert, Spoiler oh, yeah. alert, listeners, sometimes I'm preaching Saturday evening and it's Saturday morning and I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, so yeah. I think if I do nothing else, I always pray. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. Which is good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we encourage all of our listeners to make sure that you're praying too. So pray these last few moments and especially the Christmas holiday with us. Uh, you know, hold your priests in prayer and we know that we're praying for you and we appreciate you and we love you and we, we want to see you in church. It's not just that we want more bodies in church. We want to be here with you. We want to celebrate with you. Um, we want to be a part of your lives just like you want us to be part of yours. So make sure that you take some time to pray for your priests and continue to pray for the church. Uh, it's good to be with you, Father AJ. I'm glad to have you back in on this. I'm glad we're doing this again. And, uh, you know, if uh, uh, 
if anybody out there has any comments, suggestions, thoughts, concerns, please let us know. Head over to EncounterMercy.com slash contact and send us an email and we will make sure to address that. And we look forward to having you all be with us as we continue forward. Like us on all social medias and find us everywhere that you can find a podcast. It's good to be back and we will see you next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of Advent and have a Merry Christmas. God bless.